Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. All right, everyone, that's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. Marcus Parks on Twitter. Yeah. Ben Kissel on Twitter. Yeah. We're getting these numbers up. I'll tell you, I've been tweeting. I've been trying to tweet more. You yeah. know what's happening? Less followers. People just stop following me. I don't know what's going on. You know, I, I, every time I tweet, I, I'm doing nothing but losing. I'm gaining when I do nothing. It's insane. I just don't understand it. That's why I have so many, because I never do it. That's right. <laughs> I guess this is a, it's, it's sort of like if you're a lady, you know, and you're elusive, and everyone's just like, oh, well, she must be very, very smart and intelligent, tough mm. to get, when in reality, she's just eating ding-dongs, watching old episodes <laughs> of Roseanne, but in her mind, uh, you know, she's some majestic creature, because we just can't get our finger on the, on the pulse of what she's all up to. <laughs> I gotta stop. I'm done tweeting, so follow me. <laughs> That's what it's all about. No, do it like I do, like once a week. I do it once, maybe once every two days or something. So either yeah. way, I'm always tweeting very, very fun things. Um, all right, let's go to Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Let's start the show there. A pair of Republican legislators in Wisconsin are circulating a draft of a bill that would allow a seven-day work week for the state's workers. This is madness. I'll tell you, people in Wisconsin, they're not, they're not healthy enough for this. <laughs> seven days of work? That's madness. Well, right now on the laws, you say, uh, Marcus, you were saying earlier that it's required by law one day off. One day off, absolutely. In Wisconsin, it's required by law. You have one day off for every. I like that. For every seven days that you work, you mm-hmm. must have twenty four hours. Take off. it easy, twenty four hours. Twenty four. Watch hours. the Packers game. They call it the old <laughs> Green Bay Packers slash Bratwurst rule. <laughs> you got to have one brat a week as well. These people are absolutely nuts. Mm. Oh yeah, I love I love local politicians because. Uh, you know, these meetings are full of people that uh, they've never left their hometowns. No. So these are townies. What's the name of the two guys that are doing it? Uh, that would be Mark Bourne of Beaver Dam. Mark and, Bourne of Beaver Dam. <laughs> and Glenn Grothman of West Bend. Disgusting names. <laughs> yeah, Glenn Grothman. Grothman. I think it's I think Grothman. It's Grothman, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Grossman would be a Jewish name. Grothman. That's a Wisconsin name. <laughs> Major differences. And why do they think that Wisconsin needs to have a law that uh, that allows people to work seven days a week? Because the business lobby tells them they need to have it. That's right. So they're not doing well enough uh, milking these people for all that they're worth at the local CVS and pharmacies <laughs> that they're working at. They want them to be working seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce said that it conceived of the law when it noted that the federal government does not have a role mandating that workers receive a certain number of hours off per work cycle. Well, it's just going to be nice when you buy your kids the toy that they wanted for Christmas. And instead of uh, saying made in China, it'll say made in Wisconsin. <laughs> I always say, let's get those Chinese low wages, borderline slave labor right over here in the grand old United <laughs> States of America. And let's bring them to America's heart land wisconsin what better place i mean th- th- i'm telling you that we're the wisconsin is known for of course we have our cheese mm-hmm. we have our we have our heavy milks by the way the other grothman yeah he's running he also ran on a campaign which by the way he did get elected so this was a a, a, a tenant of his uh campaign a principal a cornerstone of mr grothman's campaign was a uh, repeal the ban on raw milk <laughs> repeal the ban on raw milk he even wrote an entire article that was called why i support raw milk because i'm a lunatic <laughs> these are the big issues of the day in wisconsin 
Raw milk. I'm telling you, so we're known for, we're known for dairy. Uh, Wisconsin, I believe it was one of the states that, uh, to begin, one of the great, uh, one of the great things in American history started in Wisconsin. I believe that was the deep fried Snickers bar. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. a lot of people, they laughed at us. <laughs> they laughed. No one's going to like a deep fried Snickers bar, but I'll be goddamned if I haven't gone to Coney Island right here in New York State. And I've seen myself a new, a deep fried Snickers bar right over here. It's traveled. Man, Grothman, he is, this raw milk thing is his, I think it's his key issue. This is huge Because for he wrote that article, Why I Support Raw Milk, in 2010. Okay. Why does he? Can you read any of this article? Well, the, the, the no, okay, okay. In the final few weeks of this <laughs> legislative session, over a hundred bills have landed on Governor Doyle's desk. Uh, oh, this is Doyle when he was there. Okay. The one that generated the most intense feeling is the bill that would have legalized the sale of raw milk if you had a grade A license. Maintain okay, records. Okay, hold on. Can you repeat that? This is the this is the bill that got everyone boiling. This is the one that really ignited the people of Wisconsin, the Congress, and the local Senate to really take action. He, did, he actually said the words generate. The most intense feeling. Intent. Are people dying on the Capitol steps because of this? I feel like this is. There was probably a, a less known Occupy Wall Street movement, Occupy Wisconsin, uh, in favor of raw milk. He said, while I personally am a city boy who drank less than two gallons of raw milk in my life, uh, I became. Okay, by the way, no, no, no. Grothman. This is Grothman saying this? Yes, it is. You're not a city boy. You're not a city boy. No, he's not Beaver Dam. What's, what's the other small town he's from? Uh, he's from uh, West Bend. West Bend. I believe there's 15,000 people. <laughs> so, Mr. Grothman, the city boy that you are. No city boy. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Just a guy who grew up in Harlem. Well, I consider myself a city boy, but I probably only had about two gallons of raw milk in my life. <laughs> no one's had raw milk. Nobody. You're the maybe you're the lesser lesser redneck on your block. Maybe if we're judging it solely on consumption of raw milk. He said I became involved when the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture shut down a raw milk operation in Ugh. Dodge County. I received complaints from quite a few customers in Detroit. Who- they're dealing with meth, you know. In other places uh, of the country, they deal with illegal arms sales, but the, uh, they're in there cracking down on these illegal raw milk. Operations. Oh, my goodness. He said, I received complaints from quite a few customers who wondered why they couldn't get their raw milk and wound up becoming the Republican lead of the Senate bill, which eventually passed state legislature. So it's a law now that you can't have raw milk in Wisconsin. Raw milk's been illegal to sell in Wisconsin for the last 30 years. It's been illegal or legal? Illegal. Illegal. But now it's legal. No, now it's still illegal. It's they still have, illegal. Well, because they started cracking down on it. Oh my goodness! There, you know, <laughs> I, it was I want, a long time. It was kind of like that thing where they just kind of turned a blind eye to mm-hmm, it. Sure, but all of a sudden, the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture yeah, yeah. had to get into their pasteurizing business yep. and t- just crack down on all of these raw milk operations. Uh, Miss Miss Petrowski, Miss Petrowski, come over here now. Your milk seems awfully thick. <laughs> Why don't you dump that out? Why don't we just see how raw that milk is? I feel like this is a better show than that Moonshiners program. <laughs> Forget Moonshine. Everyone, it's, it's old hat. We all know the liquor game. I want to see raw milkers. Raw milkers <laughs> in the middle of the woods making all their raw milk. They're uh, you know a- avoiding uh, detection at all costs in the middle of the evening. Middle of the night, they make their raw milk.
booby traps all around. Of course, man. He's making it sound like it's medicinal marijuana. He says a lot of people began to report raw milk cured allergies, stomach disorders, helped diabetes, mm. reduced obesity. No. no, 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 no. It definitely didn't reduce, uh, reduce obesity. And it reduced autism, which I didn't think autism was something that could be reduced. No, I don't. That is, this is, it. There's also a large study that says it increases the chances of taking the shits, of getting the shits. I'm sure more people get the shits from it than feel their autism has been lowered. Raw milk. So this is really, this is important stuff for Wisconsin. It's so important that in three years later, in 2013, he was still pushing for raw milk sales. He's got to have that thing legalized. It's a career issue for him. So what, I guess, you know, you go through the pasteurization process. Theoretically, that's to kill uh, enzymes and and, bacteria, uh, salmonella, salmonella, the things that create death (laughs) in human beings. Yeah. Who wants, who... I, I gotta, we gotta go down. I just have to, you know, I want to see, I want to talk to the guy who, I just feel like what we have here is lazy farmers <laughs> who are just like, I wish we could just sell it when our milk was half done. We'll call it raw. It is not appropriate. Anyway, so this is the guy who was, uh, was the seven, seven day work week in Wisconsin. And of course, Wisconsin now pretty much is a very, was a very large union state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this, uh, really hideous fella, Scott Walker came over and, uh, completely union busted. And, uh, and this is where we're at now where, uh, you know, folks have lost, you know, the minimum wage hasn't gone up whatsoever. And, uh, there's just a lot of people struggling, uh, in Wisconsin. And this is, uh, dare I say that this might be what we call the old political distraction move yeah like when you're about to get mugged and uh and they say we'll always have two wallets on you and throw the dummy wallet the other way and then run the opposite direction <laughs> this is like let's avoid the union conversation and let's discuss raw milk yeah let's get let's get to the let's get to the facts here yeah i mean the man likes his raw milk but this he really does you know this bill if it if it does pass then you know theoretically uh an employer could make an employee work indefinitely. Yeah, for because yeah. seven days a week, that's 31 days a month or 30 days a month or 29 days a month. And yeah. You never have a yeah. day off. <laughs> yeah. People pretend like that. We're seven days a week. That's not, it's, th- that's 365 days a year. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Seven days a week just means it never ends. Never Every ends. Every day. Every day of your life going to work at some disgusting, sad factory in Wisconsin with mm. the, you know, and, you know, these people, they have, they have it hard enough. And, uh, I don't think that one day off, a um a week is really hurting the company's bottom line. As a matter of fact, Marcus, could we play this video? It's a very fun video. Uh, it's all about if Walmart paid their employees a uh, a livable wage, which is roughly, I believe, thirteen dollars an hour, as opposed to the uh, you know seven fifty or whatever the minimum. I think wage they average nine or so. Or I think uh, at but Walmart they, they average like yeah yeah. Well, let's get into yeah. it. Let's listen to it. This is a box of mac and cheese. This is Walmart, and these are your tax dollars. We're going to show you how much that mac and cheese might cost if Walmart paid its workers enough that no one was eligible for food stamps. The average person living near the poverty line can receive around $130 a month in food stamps. So say you're a single mom with one child and you work for Walmart. You'd be eligible for food stamps if you make less than $20,449 a year. Walmart says the average wage for hourly store associates is $1,183 an hour, but that includes some supervisor positions. Industry analyst research puts the average cashier at about $8.81 an hour. Based on data from one state, Ohio, as many as 15% of Walmart employees use food stamps. 
That's about 40 employees per store who earn so little they qualify for food stamps. Last year, the U.S. distributed $76 billion in food stamps. Walmart says it takes in 18% of all those food stamp dollars. That's about $13 billion a year. If Ohio is representative, Walmart employees receive somewhere around $300 million a year in food stamp benefits, ultimately spending those dollars at food stores, like Walmart. So let's say that single mom who cashiers at Walmart also shops there. She earns food stamps from the government, then turns around and spends them at Walmart. So what would it take to push someone like the single mom up to a point where she no longer qualified for food stamps? Let's say she works a typical amount of hours for a retail job. Walmart would have to raise her wage to just above $13.63 an hour. Doing this for all of its employees would cost the company $4.8 billion each year. If Walmart wanted to pass those costs onto the consumer, they'd have to raise their prices by about 1.4%. For example, that means that box of great value mac and cheese would jump from $0.68 cents to $0.69. Cents. That's one penny per box of mac and cheese to save U.S. taxpayers $300 million each year. Fuck. And 69 is a funnier number. <laughs> so you really want to take that uh, that into account. So it's this vicious cycle. Yeah. There's no way that you should be able to work full time and still uh, be in need of food stamps. It's insane that that could be the case here in the country. Like it There's doesn't so it doesn't make any sense. I mean it I mean it all comes down to I don't know. Well, what it comes down to is you want those cheap foods. And those yeah. cheap foods, I mean, they're very bad for you. I was at the uh, the deli the other day. I had just I had just received some bad news and I and I I'm still a fat boy at heart and I'm still a fat boy in life. Yeah. Um and so I went to the deli and I do I went on a little thing called I call Little Debbie Rampage. <laughs> and I went little Debbie crazy. I got I got uh I got two donuts. I think they're called they're donuts. Yes. I believe. And I got uh so I got a, I got the chocolate donuts mm-hmm. and I got the um the coffee cake ones or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. So did you get the Swiss cake rolls? Uh, no, I did not get Swiss cake rolls. Oh. I got zingers. Oh, okay. I'm a zingers kind of guy, Marcus. Okay, well, I mean, that would technically be a Little Debbie's Hostess joint match. Well, okay. Nonetheless, I also <laughs> got a Cosmic Brownie. I love a good Cosmic Brownie. Mm-hmm. And then I also got a, uh, what else did I get? I got one more thing, and and I couldn't have loved it more. And uh, I went to the register, and it was a $5 minimum. I thought for sure I had uh, exceeded the $5 minimum on my debit card. $2.50. The whole thing, $2.50. It's insane. And he looked at me, and I looked at him, and I said, I don't, I don't, I don't want anything else. I just want this. This is sad food. I'm in a sad zone. I want my sad food, you know? He just let me have it. He did. He was just like, oh, well, I trust you. You'll come back. <laughs> I haven't been back since. You know? Yeah, that's one thing that people don't know about bodegas in New York City is that if you're a regular customer, they'll just let you have shit. I just did it today. I wanted to get a Gatorade. $2.50, $5 minimum. I paid a buck, a buck thirty-five for it because that's all I had in my uh, wallet. Yeah. They let me go. That's why uh, delis and bodegas and small town, uh, you know, mom and pop places are better than uh, than your Walmart. I mean, you know... It, you're not going to get that at 7-Eleven. You're not going to get it at a 7-Eleven. I mean, you know, and they're a little bit more expensive of these mom and pop places but if you add into the fact like one out of ten times you go there you just don't have to pay for the things you get it all works out yeah hell last night i went to the uh bodega to get a pastrami sandwich at about 2 a.m sure and the guy was saying he was like you know man you're a good customer you never ask for credit one day a year we're gonna have a customer appreciation day we're not gonna tell you when it is oh but when you come in just that day whatever you gets for free well, then you should probably just every day you go in there, get everything you ever wanted. <laughs> just start clearing the shelves. Be like, is today the day? 
Is today Customer Appreciation Day? Uh-huh. So it would take very little for a company like Walmart uh, to uh, to give their uh, employees a livable wage and then save us a, a bunch of cash. And I don't fully understand why uh, more conservatives aren't on board with this. I'm not sure. They're I mean, too but- busy with their raw milk situations. <laughs> and by raw milk, uh, on a more national level, gay marriage or, yeah. you know, gun rights or things like that. Oh, my. Oh, Grothman's a big gun rights guy. Oh, I'm sure he is. Yeah. I'm sure he is. By the way, you know, in defense of Wisconsin, I was talking to my friend Dave from Minneapolis. And uh, Minneapolis, they just banned the e-cigarette in bars, which makes no sense because they've never bothered anybody. Yeah. And really, other than making, I mean, the people who, you know, smoke an e-cig in a bar, if you do it and you think you're cool for doing it, we can tell. And yeah. we all call you a douche and we have a good laugh at your expense. It's great. I love it. I love a guy who tries to pick up a chick with an e-cigarette looking like a, what was the name of the fat guy that played the uh, old penguin? Oh, Danny DeVito? Not Danny DeVito. Oh, Burgess Meredith. That's Mr. Meredith. <laughs> looking like quack. Burgess Meredith back in the, yeah, yeah, quack, I want to quack, quack. I love the old Batman characters would just do the sound <laughs> that they were supposed to, yeah. Meow. Kevin, yeah, that was literally Kevin was like, meow, meow. Burgess Meredith was like, Quack, quack. And they didn't even like attempt. They just said the word, which is so great. But, uh, you know, so you can't have e-cigarettes anymore in, uh, in a Minnesota bar, but you can have a gun. Yeah. And uh, in Wisconsin, they allow the e-cigarette to exist and uh, they don't allow guns in bars. So that's, that's good. good. I feel like that's better. That's much better. Even, I mean, I'm not, you know, I guess I just don't know if a gun ever needs to be in a bar. Never needs it to be in a dangerous. bar. Maybe the bartender could use a gun. Sure, every now and again. Every now and again, but for the most part, a bartender, all he needs is a baseball bat. I agree. That is a fantasy. Get What's out it? of my bar. Yeah. Run, running your own business and just being able to kick somebody out of it with a shotgun or a baseball bat or whatever you want to use. I'd, I'd bring a nice-sized machete. <laughs> yeah. Something about a good machete. Mm, legal, too. That's right. That's why they, so it, workers at Walmart need to make 13 plus an hour, and they need to be uh, given a weapon of their choice, much like the <laughs> uh, game Clue. Each morning, do you want the lead pipe? Do you want a rope? You know, that would be chase somebody out of your... Uh, of your business with a rope. Just I mean, this, this is a long process. You know. I'd but, choose a bullwhip. But sure, this is good. Yeah, no I think a bullwhip would be great. There's plenty me. of range on it. You can crack it and scare people. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but we were researching a little bit uh, before as well. You know, it's so funny because... Um, all the Republicans, they just went to meet this fellow named Sheldon Adelson. You remember Sheldon? I remember Sheldon. He was Newt, Newt Gingrich's super PAC guy. Yeah. They all just had to go down to, uh, to Las Vegas to talk to him. And uh, Sheldon, his big his big issue right now is internet gambling because it's cutting into his bottom line, and he doesn't like it one bit, uh. so he wants to get rid of it. But, of course, Mr. Chris Christie, he's all for internet gambling. Nonetheless, um, basically, uh, it was a prime example of how the wealthy have just co-opted all of the power. And, you know, we all know this. I mean, there's so many documentaries about it. This is a old hat stuff. Uh, the wealth disparity in the country is absolutely insane. And... Um, but uh, Marcus, you you had a very interesting article that you were reading, and basically uh, how it comes down to us middle class people, our words don't matter, our opinions don't matter remotely as much as the folks with the cash. Yeah, these two guys, Martin Gillens and Benjamin Page, they analyzed 1,779 policy outcomes over a period of more than 20 years, mm-hmm. and they concluded that economic elites and organized groups representing business interests have su- substantial independent impacts on U.S. government policy, while mass-based interest groups and average citizens have little to no influence so really you know this is actually kind of good now now that i think about it uh 
going back to the raw milk situation, <laughs> this is a victory for the people. The business <laughs> wants the raw milk, but the people have said no. Yeah. Everyone's getting sick and whatnot. It's disgusting. Full of lard. You probably have to s- scrape the top of it. <laughs> raw milk. I mean, I assume this is straight out of the cow's teat. Yeah, you got to scrape the cream off. That's not good. No. <laughs> that's not right. That's the, that's the job of a, uh, somebody who works in a factory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. The uh, collective preferences of ordinary citizens had only a negligible uh, estimated effect on policy outcomes, while the collective preferences of economic elites, roughly uh, proxied by citizens at the 90th percentile of the income distribution, were 15 times as important. Just more important as people. 15 times more yeah. important. The uh, top 10%. Yeah. Not just the top 1%, but the top 10%. Those are the people that have uh, all of the control yeah. over policy in this country. Yeah, and I think that's why policy has been so disconnected from the uh, from the common person for so long. And I think people are starting to notice now. I think people have been noticing for a long time, but the question is, what do you do? I mean, if yeah. if riots and protests in the street don't work, um, which they don't, because our government is smart enough not to, like, they kind of let it happen. They don't I mean, do anything. They don't need to do anything. Yeah. If they did something, then people pay attention. But if they do yeah. nothing, then nothing happens. Like, I remember, like, okay, I would say, like, let's bring Occupy into it for sure. a second. Uh, so... We all remember when uh, the uh, guy pepper sprayed the Occupy protesters while they were tied down. This cop, and he had a real piggish name. Real piggish name, yeah. I forget what it was. And by the way, he just got a $23,000 settlement for emotional distress. He was distressed? Yes. For pepper spraying somebody? Yeah. He he got a good, he got a year's salary for his emotional distress. I guess it is stressful (laughs) to watch somebody get pepper sprayed. Yeah. But that protest, I mean, that was, God, what, 100 people, something like that. Uh, And, of course, everybody heard about it. It was huge news. A couple years ago in New York City, we had this May Day protest. Oh, yeah, uh, I remember that. That was gigantic. It stretched from Union Square down to Broadway, miles long, thousands of people. Nobody. Some of them topless. Some of them topless. That was yeah, pretty sweet. I remember that. Nobody heard about it. Outside of New York City, it was yeah. I don't even think it was covered in like the post or the daily news the next day. It is Just, interesting. Nobody nobody cared because nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened because no plane went down in the Indian Ocean <laughs> and nobody gave a shit. That's uh, the thing. It's so important. If the news doesn't cover it, it doesn't matter. And of course, the news is uh, they're all in bed with these people and it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. And we know that now. I mean, that's the one. The, the Internet is full of a bunch of ridiculously stupid things, a bunch of adorable dogs. Mm-hmm. Everyone likes a nice dog. Oh, Everyone yeah. likes a cute cat. No doubt about it. <laughs> but it also is a, it's been a good um, place to get uh, some realer information. You also have your Alex Joneses out there. Yes. who. He's been taken very seriously lately. Yes, he has been. Uh, which is, uh, I sort of enjoy. <laughs> it's a little bit dangerous. I mean, yeah. the man did, he did uh, think, he does. Alex, I mean, as far as we know, Alex Jones still does believe that homosexuality comes from juice boxes. <laughs> that's, that's what we know to this point. Partly comes from juice boxes. Yeah. It's just a big, it's just a piece of the pie. Yeah, it's just one little piece of a larger puzzle. Where the U.S. government wants to make a bunch of people gay in order to control the population. Because then your PSYOPs machines are able to control minds easier if there's less people interfering with it. Yeah. Sort of makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> sort of makes sense uh, if you really think of it. There is, there is something a little bit gay about sucking on a juice box. I guess there is. I, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> Either way. Squeezing and sucking, I guess... So there's just it's just a very difficult thing to uh, to overcome when the businesses have uh, all of the power and um, and uh, 
Yeah, it's tough to make jokes about because it's unfortunate. I, I don't, I don't fully understand the argument uh, against raising the minimum wage, and I don't think I ever will. Yeah, you know, these folks can do just thirteen, eight dollars an hour. So you work. I mean, so your first two hours are just buying you lunch, mm-hmm. unless you go to McDonald's, which is going to make you morbidly obese. The whole thing's a get out of there. Just I, get out. If everyone in Walmart just walked out of their jobs, I think the world would be just fine. Well, I don't know, you know man. A lot of ta- small towns, Walmart comes in, it replaces everything else. Yeah. That Walmart is the only place with, you know, in 30 miles around that has yeah. anything anymore. It replaced everything, it kills everything. Yeah. And no, it, it super takes Walmarts. Yeah. It takes the entire, uh, like the entire, I guess, what is it, uh, output of the town, the economic output of the town, it brings yeah. it down when a Walmart comes in. And then it's almost in Walmart's best interest to keep their employees poor so then they continue to go back and shop at Walmart. Absolutely. So if you work at Walmart, shop at Target. (laughs) You know, that's a good idea. Yeah, if they paid them $13 an hour, then yeah, they might go shop somewhere else. That's probably the reason why they don't raise it. Yeah. It's because the people, if they're on food stamps, they have no choice but to shop at uh, Walmart. Mm -hmm. They're not going to the, I mean, the farmer's market doesn't take food stamps. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. They barely, I mean, it's expensive stuff over there at the farmer's market. Yeah. Yeah. I love a good farmer's market. Me too. Yeah. Good strawberries. Yeah. 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 We'll like take your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go bar- barter her off, we got a big strong son or something like that. <laughs> Give them, get a couple of loaves of bread for that. Mm-hmm. You know, get some labor. It, it almost reminds me, though, of the CIA, uh, when the CIA introduced, uh, you know, crack into the uh, into the system in the 80s. Of course, it coincides with the prisons being privatized, which coincides with businesses making billions and billions of dollars. And then, of course, they go and they, uh, they, they're they tough on crack, the thing that we created. And now, of course, you demonize a bunch of people, which then breaks up families and then causes poverty amongst, uh, amongst poor individuals, keeping them poor. And it seems similar uh, with Walmart. If you keep them down, they have no choice but to keep on coming back. Very almost, dare I say, Eminem's mother, Debbie Marshall Mathers, Debbie Mathers, Munchausen. <laughs> Eminem was what? a victim of Munchausen, where you keep somebody sick, uh, and then you're in desperate yeah. need uh, of that person forever. This is what Eminem accuses his mother of. Really? Keeping him ill uh, as a kid, because then, of course, she was very codependent on him, and then he was dependent on her, and this makes a mother happy if they're insane. Yeah. And uh, so basically, Walmart is just a big, terrible Debbie Matters. <laughs> I believe that was her name. Debbie, right? Sure. Deborah, something like that. Probably Deborah. That sounds better. Google it. We'll, we'll correct it before we wrap it up. But that does seem to be the uh, the situation. I really hope I get this Eminem thing right. Deborah. Deborah Matters. <laughs> Nelson Mathers. Mathers, not yes. Matters. My friend Drew Matters. That, my, I have a he friend does matter. Yes, he does. That was a joke that we used to. <laughs> I have a friend Drew Matters. Deborah Matters. So Walmart is the Deborah Matters of, uh, of the uh, business world. Um, but yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. I think so, man. Awesome, everybody. Uh, thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you soon. And uh, this is going to come out on Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, make sure to check out the last podcast on the left show. Uh, we have the uh, part three of the Satanism in government, and uh, it's going to be continue. It's going to continue to be interesting. And uh, I, it, it, will it be as depressing as the part two, or are we going to lighten it up a little? This is when people start to die. Oh, so it's getting lighter, everybody. <laughs> it's getting. This lighter. is when witnesses and investigators start getting killed. Oh, good. Oh, everything is just fine. This is when you see that the system itself is broken, and not just the people within. Well, isn't that fun to think about? <laughs> it's a, a dare I say it. Possibly more depressing. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll continue to support local <laughs> CCR programming. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>